Hey guys, how are you? On today's episode, a new segment, another new segment. Got to keep things fresh. I'm going to try to run through five mini news stories called Odds and Ends, workshopping that. Um, They're not really big enough to be their own podcast, but I want to try to get to five of them in five minutes or less. It'll probably be 10 or 15 minutes, but I'm going to try to keep this really short. Um... The first story is an absolutely wild story (laughs) about the Trump campaign being responsible for up to 3% of all credit card fraud in the the entire year of 2020. (laughs) You know, sometimes I get so bored about, you know, Biden and how, like, normal and everything is again, and I kind of, there's parts of me that miss the Trump circus, and then I see a story like this, and then I'm reminded really quickly that, no, I'm not bored of, uh, I don't miss the Trump circus. (laughs) So... What happened was Trump began—I mean, it's, it's a complicated story, but essentially any online donation to Trump became a recurring donation. The box to make it recurring was checked, and you had to manually uncheck it, and it wasn't—you had to go searching for it. It wasn't, like, widely available. So this happened in June. Before this— the rate of fraud or refund requests for both Biden and Trump were essentially identical, 2.18% versus 2.17%. After Trump did this trick where (laughs) you're not giving $100, you're giving $100 every week unless you pull up the terms and and look through the agreement and uncheck boxes buried deep in the uh, licensing agreement, Um, his fraud... Uh, rate went up to 12%. The Trump campaign had to return $122.7 million in its entire existence, which was more than every uh, federal Democrat and uh, related PAC combined. <laughs> um, I mean, it's absolutely crazy. Look, look at the Biden campaign compared to the Trump campaign. Um, the Trump campaign issued 14 times as many refunds as the Biden campaign, uh, almost over 500,000 refunds for the Trump campaign. Uh, the, over one stretch of time, $64 million was refunded by Trump, and during the same time, $5 million was refunded by Biden. And over 10% of all donations to President Trump had to be refunded. <laughs> Biden's was like 2%. Oh, so why is this interesting? It's interesting because there was so much fraud on the Trump donor um, website that the New York Times, who broke the story after an investigation, talked to credit card companies and financial houses that process payments. And all these companies are saying on record that at the height of the fraud, before people realized they were automatically donating, even though they thought it was a one-time donation, the entirety of the Trump campaign represented 1% to 3% of their workload in fraud. <laughs> not, not 1% to 3% 
of political fraud or political donation fraud, like one to three percent of, I mean, that includes identity theft, that includes your credit card getting stolen, that includes, you know, you buying something and it never comes and you have to go to the credit card company. As much as three percent of the entire credit card fraud division was devoted to Win Red and Trump's online uh, 2020 reelection campaign. <laughs> All right, so that's odds and ends number one. Odds and end number two. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk about, you know, I care about mental health a lot. I do expect to talk about it more in the future. But there was a lot of talk about lockdowns and the effect on suicide and depression and anxiety. And while there is some evidence that the lockdown of the pandemic and the pandemic itself uh, increased some metrics for anxiety and depression... Um, the official numbers came out for suicide for 2020 uh, this past week. And in 2020, suicides were actually lower than they were in the last three years. So to, for 2020, the number of suicides, 44,834. Um, that was lower than 2019, 2018, 2017, actually 2016 as well. Uh, it was too, it was lower in 2015. So that was, I thought that was good. Not that that, you know, over 40,000 suicides is a good thing, but I was expecting to see a big jump with lockdown, with isolation, with loneliness. Um, and it turns out that suicides were actually down this year a little bit compared to the last four years. Um, the third thing. Gates, I talked about it yesterday on the podcast. Um, he's getting increasingly isolated. A lot of news stories about how people are abandoning him and they're not rushing to his defense. We saw Tucker Carlson on air try to distance himself <laughs> in a very awkward interview. Um, but I did see that uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene scrubbed all mentions and pictures of Gates from her Twitter. <laughs> You know Matt Gates is in trouble if Jewish space laser lady thinks she needs to get rid of you to keep her uh, reputation up. <laughs> uh, the fourth odds and ends. I'm actually making pretty good time. I'm going to try to get this done before 10 minutes. The fourth odds and ends. So also on yesterday's episode, I talked about the um, at the end how Trump is trying to do some cancel culture, right? Um he is trying – so Koch, who is headquartered in Georgia, released a statement. I went over the statement yesterday. It's very bland. It's not like Republicans are trying to prevent black people from voting. It's like something to the effect of we believe voting should be made easier, not harder. Like it, in itself, it's not even a political statement, frankly. Um, no mention of Republicans or, or voter suppression, any words like that. It's just like, hey, make voting easier, <laughs> which apparently triggered a lot of Republicans. So Trump tried to lead this boycott, right, about um, <laughs> tried to boycott Coke and Delta and MLB, all these companies who uh, released a statement. And so Stephen Miller uh, tweeted a picture of him and Trump at Mar-a-Lago and the caption is, just had a terrific meeting with President Trump. This is Stephen Miller. And internet sleuths were quick to point out that <laughs> if you zoom in on Trump's desk, there is an opened bottle of Diet Coke <laughs> like four days after he called for a boycott. <laughs> 
and what makes it even funnier, I mean, I've, oh, look, Trump's a hypocrite. Like, what's the news story? I just find it funny that he would release a statement calling for his supporters to boycott Coke for an outrageous statement of we should make voting easier versus harder. Um, but what I found really interesting is he tried to hide the bottle of Coke behind a phone. <laughs> Um, so not, you know, not only is he, uh, you know, not boycotting it, he's trying to like appear that he is, but really he's still sipping Diet Coke. I mean, this guy's not boycotting Diet Coke. He had a Diet Coke button on his desk in the Oval Office. So I thought that was funny. You know, he's calling for a boycott. He has a Coke on his desk. He tries to hide it, and everyone can see it. And I just think it was really hysterical. Um, and finally, on to net number five, taxes. Now, this actually probably could have been a whole episode, but I'm just going to cover this briefly. Um, so every year, they come out with a list of Fortune 500 companies that don't pay any taxes. They don't pay any taxes. Any federal taxes, I should stipulate that, because I'm sure there's state taxes, local taxes, um, or maybe not, <laughs> uh, payroll taxes, you know, shit like this. And I remember when this list first came out, like 10 years ago, it was like 17 companies. And I was like, 17? It's not one or two. 17 in the Fortune 500 don't pay any federal taxes? So now, for 2020, I'm looking at the story, and we're now up to 55 profitable Fortune 500 corporations paid $0 in taxes last year. 55 out of 500. Um, and, those, and these 50, so the first thing you say is, well, in America, you only tax profits, right? Like if you open a business and the first year you take a loss, right? You put more money into the company than it spits out. You don't have to pay taxes because you can't pay taxes on something negative. But these are Fortune 500 companies, and all 55 were profitable last year, meaning that the profit excuse doesn't exist. Um, so why isn't it that these companies are paying taxes? Well, they're hiding profits overseas. They're funneling back in shell companies. Um, you know, they're having these write-offs for, like, research and development. And most of the times, you want, if you want to know a little secret, it's not actually research and development. <laughs> Um, so, like, you know, FedEx hasn't paid federal tax in three consecutive years. You know, all these stories. A lot of these are energy companies fucking, of course, because there's so many fossil fuel subsidies in this country. Um, you know, Duke Energy. You know, like none of these companies and utilities pay taxes. And here's what you have to know about it. First of all, I found this was, this was interesting. A Pew Research study found that excuse me, morning console political poll. Voters by a two-to-one margin prefer a $3 trillion infrastructure bill that includes tax hikes on $400,000 and corporations um, over the exact same bill without the tax hikes. So actually taxing these corporations that don't pay taxes is very popular politically. So much so that if you poll an infrastructure bill versus an infrastructure bill with tax increases, more people like the tax increases. And why am I bringing this up? There is a lot of talk. I know Janet Yellen made some news the other day, uh, Fed chair, that 
we should really move towards a minimum, a tax minimum. And I have been talking about a federal tax minimum for corporations since, frankly, I don't even remember. Everyone should have skin in the game, regardless of how you're shuffling money overseas, right? And this is actually, I think, something that could be bipartisan in theory. I mean, in reality, any tax increase on corporations will be met with incredible Republican resistance. Um, There's just no way to sugarcoat that. But, you know, Republicans did a really interesting job by having the corporate tax rate at 35% before the Trump tax credits, uh, tax cuts, because what you can say is, and this is what they all say, oh, 35%, that's one of the highest rates in the industrialized world, which it is. The problem is that's not the effective tax rate. Nobody's paying 35%. And if you are, you need new accountants. (laughs) 55 of the, of the Fortune 500 companies uh, paid zero, zero. And, and supposedly the tax rate's 21% right now. That tells me that the effective rate is often much lower than the listed rate. So they get to say, oh, we need to, t- t- to uh, cut taxes to be competitive because they're at 35%. But in reality, they're way lower because nobody's actually paying that rate. So here's, here's what we need to do. We need to have a very low corporate tax rate, and I know that's probably surprising a lot of my listeners because I am a liberal guy. Have a low tax rate, but have that be like a mandatory minimum. I, I would even take 10%. I would honestly take 10%. Put the tax rate at 10%. There are no write-offs. You know, buying back stock isn't, you know, a write-off on your taxes, uh, moving your headquarters, your physical location to Ireland isn't a tax write-off. Funneling money through Panama isn't a write-off. Research and development, unless it's actually research and development, is not a write-off, okay? Um, no deferred tax payments into the future, because this is also what companies do. Fuck, I'm going long. Anytime we talk about corporate taxes, I fucking go long. <laughs> what these companies will do is they'll, inc- they'll intentionally run up debt going into the future, as much as 10 years, defer tax payments, defer tax payments, build up debt. And then what happens when you have this recognizable company that employs 10,000 people or whatever, and they have, you know, 10 years of tax bills coming due, they go to the government and they say, oh, we can't, we can't fulfill this $1.2 billion of taxes. You got to help us make a deal. Help us make a deal. Otherwise, we're going to have to go bankrupt and lay off all these people. Well, you wouldn't have a tax bill that high if you just paid a little bit every year <laughs> instead of putting it towards the future. Oh. So, yeah, this is – you can come together, um, Democrats and Republicans. Have a really low corporate tax rate. Get rid of all the write-offs. You can't stash uh, profits overseas. And have a minimum. Have a minimum so you don't have 55 companies that are profitable in the Fortune 500 paying fewer taxes than I do. And I, and I would take 10%. That's how, that's how desperate I am for Delta to pay any income tax. Nike, three consecutive years, Nike paid $0 in federal income tax. I can tell you it's been zero consecutive years I've paid federal income tax. <laughs> so I think this is actually... Um, something we should look at. A federal minimum tax. Somebody, everyone has to pay something. If Nike paid $100,000 in federal income tax, and, you know, they're a multi-billion dollar, you know, multinational corporation, 
fine. That's something. Just pay something. <laughs> the, the, the roads are broken. The bridges don't work. Our airports are crap. We don't have uh, high-speed rail for some reason. We don't have electric car charging locations. Um, the infrastructure is crap. We still have lead pipes in, like, 20 municipalities. Uh, the American infrastructure is fundamentally broken. I think we rank 17th in the world, and frankly, that's a surprising 17. And most of our corporations don't pay any tax. That's why we have a huge deficit every year. So, yeah. So, my last thought on this tax thing is, you know, Biden is looking to increase the rate from 21 to 28%. Um, Spoiler alert, no one actually pays the 28%, (laughs) but... Raising the rate is good because that will raise the effective rate also. Um, And, you know, you go on these right-wing sites, these right-wing news sites, and it's always some guy saying, oh, Biden's going to raise your taxes. They're going to raise this much in taxes. Anytime people talk about taxes, you have to ask yourself two questions, okay? Whose taxes are going up? And by how much? Okay, because they'll say, oh, they're going to pay for the $2 trillion with tax increases. That sounds scary to someone like you or me. But then when you realize they're trying to institute a minimum corporate tax rate and uh, the tax rate for the biggest corporations go from 21 to 28%, now all of a sudden you're back at that poll, the morning console poll, where that actually polls better than no tax increase whatsoever. You know, the more I talk about this, the more I realize this really wasn't an odds and ends uh, <laughs> topic. This could have been its whole topic. But this is this is why I'm liberal. I'll be honest with you guys. Um, there are sometimes, and I'm sure even conservatives feel this way about the conservative causes. Sometimes I see someone liberal say something pretty stupid. You know, I'm not really into cancel culture. Um, I'm not into political correctness. I'm not into identity politics. I feel, you know, obviously both sides participate in these things. But I do feel like perhaps Democrats do a little bit too much of it. And sometimes I'll see a headline and I think, damn it, I hate my side. (laughs) Or like, wow, this is really stupid. Or I don't agree with this, right? Stuff like that. You always have to remember why you are where you are, okay? And when I see 55 profitable corporations not paying any taxes, paying fewer taxes than I pay as a non-multi-corporate, multinational corporation, um, it, it reminds me why I'm liberal. And the environment, too. The environment reminds me why I'm liberal. Um, so you have to remember your reason for, for your, where you are politically. And... For me, corporate tax cuts and corporations not paying any taxes, as well as you know the environment, will always power me through those dark days where I see someone <laughs> say something pretty stupid on Twitter from my side, quote unquote, my side. Uh, so always remember why you're why you are what you are, and I guess that's my final parting shot today. I said it was going to be five minutes. At the six-minute mark, I said, ah, we're looking pretty good for for ten, and here we are, nineteen and a half. <laughs> Uh, So thank you. Uh, I'll see you guys again tomorrow. Have a good one.